Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Kitmen Podcast. My name is Rohan. As always, we have Josh and Dillette with us. Owen will be joining us shortly. Josh, Dillette, how are we today? Doing great, man. Love to see it. I'm chilling. I'm great. Lovely, my team is picking up form. Exciting times at Arsenal Football Club. It is, and there's some beautiful weather right now. I mean, December 23rd in the mid-70s, can't ask for much else. <laughs> That's true. And we have Owen joining us as well. Owen, how are you? Oh, doing phenomenal. Can't complain Excellent. about the weather. Excellent. All right, we have an exciting episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about the title race. It's getting a little spicy up there. Top three. Um, I'm going to talk about Arsenal. This is... This is mostly for Dillette to brag, but we're going to talk about it for a little. Um, we also are going to talk about Tottenham and then wrap it up with some quick questions. So let's get into the title race. So now, Josh, we're about like midway through the season. Chelsea's in third, mostly due to injuries. Liverpool is in second. City, at the time of this recording, they're three points clear. Who do you see winning it? It's very difficult. Um... It's tight between Liverpool and City for me. Uh, I could honestly just see City winning it just due to depth. Um, but I could also see Liverpool winning. It's It really just depends on how the rest of the season goes. For me, Liverpool or uh, Chelsea is, even if, if they have a contending spot, will really depend on Boxing Day. I think that's going to be like the pivotal moment, whether or not they can pick their form back up. But other than that, I'd say probably City. Owen, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I think it's difficult to decide as well, um, but I hate to say it. I think Man City, you know, if you just go based off of form right now, they've been, what, eight or nine straight wins. Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea are just dropping points here and there um, where they really shouldn't be, and City's just in immaculate form. So based off of that, I hate to say it, but City, So that's where I'm at right now. Dude, for for me, it's pretty it's pretty obvious, and I'm I'm always gonna go for City whenever it's over the 38 game season, because like you look at Liverpool's team, and right now you kind of have Salah and Jota who are I wouldn't say overperforming, but they're performing like at a really high level, and like City have like six or seven guys who are competing at that level or just below it, you know, like they they just have too much firepower. If something goes wrong for Liverpool they could very well drop out of the title race. If something goes wrong for City, they have Sterling, Mares, Grealish, Gundogan, just anyone they can put in if something goes poorly for them. It, it, just, it, it just never seems fair to me that, that any team has to compete with City over, like in the domestic league. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, so does that use of depth show how important it is? For, for teams that, like, a lot more teams need to structure themselves like City? Because, I mean, Liverpool barely made top four last year because of injuries. Well, let's let's address one thing. City's depth is not achievable to any yeah. other team in the Premier League. It's only Manchester City is able to have a 400 million pound bench and then still be able to breeze 17 of the of the 20 teams in the Premier League. Only Man City are going to achieve that, so it, it's kind of impossible for other teams to structure themselves like that. But I, I mean, only a select few teams need to. 
Liverpool, Chelsea, they they obviously have to because they're going to have deep Champions League run, runs. But uh, I think that's also going to be kind of what, what's going to hold them back is just having to play all those games and not having the quality to to put out, you know, like the their most ideal 11 in each game. But yeah, it's it, it's not possible for any team to to even match half of City's depth. It'd be crazy to even try that. That's fair. So do you see it being a three-horse race come Easter, or will City be kind of no. safe with it? I think City will probably be a couple points clear. It'll probably still look feasible, but, I mean, it's City. At the end of the day, they're, they're always going to kind of outperform the other teams domestically. Well, and there's a stat that they have this season. Uh, you know, it's not even halfway through, but I think they have the most clean sheets they've had ever in a season. And so, you know, it's already halfway, and they've it's the most they've had in uh, history. So they're obviously having a season just to begin with on their own standards. Yeah. Oh, I think your thoughts? I, I, I think it might look close, but in reality, it's... Not really gonna be close, you know. It might look close, like points wise, but you think City will protect their lead? I don't see City. City just doesn't ever really tend to drop points where they shouldn't drop points, and Liverpool and Chelsea both tend to do that occasionally. So even though it might be like four or five points apart, I think it'll just continue to grow just from that. Never less. I think where City might struggle is the games against, like, Liverpool, the game against... They haven't played Chelsea twice, have they? Yeah, so they'll have to play Chelsea one more time, Liverpool one more time, uh, Arsenal one more time, um, and Man United one more time. I can see them... Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they could... I could see them losing, like... Or dropping points in, in, like, two of those games or something. So I think that's where the title race is going to be decided. Like, who can win those games against the other top teams who are competing? Um, let's move on to Arsenal. I know Dillette's very excited about this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and ask you, what has changed from the start of the season? Why were they why, – why did they lose their first three games and now are, they're just in great form? Well – can I go ahead and start with a, a reason why they've had a, such a good season, even compared to yeah. last year? Um, you know, one of the reasons that – I couldn't tell you why they lost their first few games, but I could tell you why this season's so much better than last season. You know, um, They haven't had to do any other kind of European football, so they've just been able to focus on the Premier League. You know, So I think just that alone, they don't have to do anything else so it's they were just destined to have a better season than last year, um, just turning it around. So that's one reason I'd say. Yeah, it definitely helps not having other games. But it, you know, last last season we didn't really uh, like by the time we got deep into Europe, we were kind of already out of like any type of good league finish. You know, by by the time semifinals and quarterfinals came around, we were kind of already out of it. So I don't know how much of an impact Europe will have on this team. I think it's more just how we're playing on the field, not really, not really the depth. Obviously, it's gonna it's gonna help, but you know, at, at this point, most you know, most European games, especially where we would have been in like Europa, it, it's gonna be like we're gonna put out the second team regardless. So it's not really gonna stretch us too thin. 
But I think what what really what really has changed since those first three games is is our is our defense. Because obviously the, those first three games were against you know league winners and Champions League winners. We we didn't really have much of a shot against them. But but still it was a bit more embarrassing than I than I think we would have preferred. I, I know in that first game against in that in in City we um our back four was like Kolasinac and Rob Holding and Cedric. It was it was a rough team that we put out, yeah. and it wasn't like we we went out there and we parked the bus. It's kind of like we went out there with a terrible team, and still tried to manage a, a result from it, which was a bit naive. But I, I can only I can only be so mad at it because we, we weren't going to do anything anyways. So Arsenal have been kind of cyclical with these like great runs of forms and then a bad run of form. It, it was kind of similar to Manchester United under Ole. So, but I, this good run of form seems like it's going to be more permanent than the other one. Yeah, it, it feels a little different, right? Yeah. I think the Everton game and the United game, which I think is the are only two bad results recently in the last couple of months. Th- those two, uh, uh, under like our previous kind of culture around the club, those would have killed us. We wouldn't have, like... Last season, if we played that Everton game where they came back and they beat us, I don't think the squad would have recovered from that for a couple of games. You know, like it would have, that would have probably been the like uh, inciting a bad run of form. But we've picked up from it, and there's there's more positivity around the team since then too. I definitely, so, I definitely think it's a lot of a lot of the players. I mean, y'all have like even last year, like I was saying, y'all have a lot of good players. They just seem that they're coming. To- or consistent good form, they're kind of coming into themselves as, you know, top Premier League players. Yeah, yeah, we, they we, really are. Yeah. It, it seems a bit safer. Like, yeah, l- like maybe losing a game or two here, dropping a point here. Like, squad seems to pick themselves back up. Yeah, and I mean that that's probably just going to come with uh with experience because we just have such a such a young team. The the more we play, the more we're probably going to look more more together as a as a squad just because everyone has only played a couple of professional seasons so far. Yeah, I mean, I think of the last 15 goals, 14 have been scored by a player under the age of 23, which is yeah. nuts. good to hear if you're an Arsenal fan. But, okay, turn of the year, um, 2022, first two games are Manchester City and Tottenham. So, hypothetically, I mean... Manchester City game is an early kickoff, and you never want to back an early kickoff. So maybe Arsenal snag a point from that. But let's say they get battered against City. Um, Tottenham come out because Tottenham are also in good form. They snag a win off Arsenal. Do you see it dropping back down into that kind of run of bad games? Or do they pick themselves up and dust it off? Or do they maybe beat, beat both teams or come away from those two fixtures with like four points or two points? I, I think we'll probably get smoked by City. There's like no doubt in my mind. I, I don't see, I don't see us really even causing problems for City. Uh, I could be proved wrong because you know we just need Saka, Smith Rowe, just one of them to be on their day, or get Martinelli in behind on one of those. But as for Tottenham, I don't think Tottenham are gonna since the last display, and even whenever we played Tottenham the last time, I, I still don't think we we're kind of the team that we are now, even though it was only a couple months ago. We seem a lot more solid because uh, we didn't. We dropped off a lot in the second half of that game, 
And it was something that we saw a lot at the beginning of the season. And now it seems like we're doing a better job of controlling games as they go towards the end and not just kind of like contending in the first half or contending in the first 30 minutes. We're kind of sticking through the game, which is nice to see. And, and I think we'll see that against Tottenham as well, where, you know, if Arsenal do manage to dominate the game, it'll be kind of a, a full 90 thing. And then we'll only have to be able to shut down their, their kind of key threats. So, Owen, I mean, Arteta's been in charge for like two years now. You think the issue, and I mean, Arsenal were very shaky. So, do you think the issue lied on the players, or do you think he's tweaked his system to fit the players better this year? No, I'm not too sure. I don't think it was necessarily him. I'd I'd like to think that he, he's uh, tweaked his system a little bit. I think that he's putting a lot of trust in the, the younger players, uh, more more so this year, which helps it out. You know, they don't have. They don't really ever splash out on big players, big name players, and they, as we said, their team is a lot younger. Um, so I think just, I, I, I'd like to think he adjusted his system a little bit. So I want to ask something about a bombing that isn't too much about Arsenal, but more about players and way play, players are treated in the media. So a bombing, as you guys know, was uh, not included in the squad against Southampton. Um, or against, um, was it Leeds? Um, due to him missing pra- practice, he went to, I believe, France or Spain. And it was approved by Arteta, but he came back late. And obviously he had a quarantine, so he was un- unable to play in one of those two games and was be- thus benched for the next game. Grealish and Foden went out for a fun night of clubbing. Um, and they've also re- uh, received disciplinary measures from Pep. But we haven't really heard anything about that in the media. So do you think Aubameyang has kind of been mistreated in the media? Or is it rightfully so, Josh? I think it's a bit of a bias. You know, Aubameyang's French, um, and Grealish and Foden are both English. So, you know, I would, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a leap, but I would say, you know, they're not going to do that to two players that are key in their international team and just absolutely just go at them in the media. But it doesn't really matter with a bummying. So they can kind of just, you know, grab, you know, grab some views, grab some, kind of go for a cash grab with the, the media and try and, you know, make it a hot topic. That's, that's my take on it. I don't know exactly if there's more to that, but that's the way I see it. I think it's a combination of that. There is like some of that in play. But I think Arsenal's position is also kind of reflective on it because you can also look at Manchester City and think like, okay, Grealish and Foden are out. We'll just start Sterling and Morris for the next game. It really has no effect on the club. Like it's not like anyone's going to notice that they're missing. They're not going to struggle without Grealish or Foden. I think some of that is part of it. And then also, you know, they are England internationals, stuff like that. And you see similar things like this happen even outside of disciplinary measures, just form where, you know, Harry Kane just scored his first Premier League goal like the other week. And we're, we're four months into the season and we haven't heard a peep about that. You know, usually players of, of his caliber, if they're underperforming, that's all we see. Do you think that played into the red card situation in Liverpool versus Tottenham that maybe Tierney and the VAR official were kind of reluctant to give a straight red to their England captain, but were maybe okay with it because it was the Scottish captain. 
feel like it might have played a part. I, I never really understand where referees fall into place with these because, like, I, I never you can never know like like what a ref's bias is, but you, you can always know that the media who the media is going to back. But you know, the ref is a person, not like a not like a public entity like how the media is. So it's kind of it's kind of harder to predict. I feel like Harry Kane's was just kind of poor refereeing, which we see every week. I, I don't know if there was much England captain bias there, but I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, sticking with Tottenham, they played super good against Liverpool. Uh, they beat West Ham in a recent cup tie. They haven't lost in their last five <laughs> games. Uh, they're in the semifinals of the Carabao Cup. Could they maybe snag some silverware this year? No, <laughs> that was a big jump. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did. I did go from no loss in five games to silverware, but but they are in the semifinals. It, but it is also very competitive. Um, so are Arsenal, Chelsea, and um, Liverpool. So it, it will be a very competitive um, um, couple of games. But maybe could they do it? I I I really doubt. It. I'd say there needs to be a bit of luck, but I'm gonna give it a no. Yeah, some green knows. I think need a lot of those, those runs of form. Just they're playing well right now, but I don't know if they'll they'll keep it. Well, I I will say they have I believe three games in hand, so they could go fourth if they win all three games. Yeah. Who do you guys see finishing fourth this year? Because I I think top three is basically set. I mean disregarding any extenuating circumstances to those three teams, but who do you see? Do you see Arsenal, West Ham, or Tottenham fighting for that fourth spot? Don't oh, forget United. United are also up there. United yeah. are also up there. My bad, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have a United are also in this conversation. Yeah. I, I'm, also, I'm obviously going to back my boys. I'm going to say Arsenal are going to finish fourth. I know me and Rohan still have the, the bet going. 100 to 1 odds on Arsenal getting top four. Which I he don't know if I made to forget. odds on top four. I do remember Just, that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was on one of our podcasts, if we go back and listen, we talked about it. It sounds well, pretty familiar. I can't mm. tell if Owen's messing with me because his, ca- his camera's not on, so I, I, I feel like that he's smiling right now. Completely serious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Arsenal. I, I think... Um, Actually, wait. What competitions are are Spurs in right now? Is it just the the Prem now? Uh, yeah, they got knocked out of the Conf- Europa Conference League. Yeah, and the Carabao. I don't know what they are in the FA Cup, but I I, I don't even think that that the the fixtures will help them that much. If anything, I, I don't think Spurs have the squad to to push top four. Honestly, no. if anything, it'll be like a, a Conte Antonio Conte masterclass to kind of snag that position. But I really don't see it happening. I want Josh. United, oh, sorry, Owen. No, you can. I'm gonna back United. I think I think they'll be able to kind of turn around, just slightly grasp the top four spot, not very comfortably, but I think they might be able to get it. Other than that, I'd probably say Arsenal. I kind of I kind of have some faith in them. For you to let, yeah, I've got that. faith in Arsenal this year too. I think they're they're pushing top four. I think their run of form is gonna stay high. I don't see them dropping too far down. I don't see them dropping down at all. They might go between fourth and fifth with West Ham for a few games, but I think in the end, I think they're going to finish fourth. I don't think West Ham have the consistency to to really 
compete for it. I see them staying in that Europa League area. Um, I I agree with Dillette. I don't think Tottenham really have the squad. I think Leicester are pretty out of it. I, I think it comes down to Man United and Arsenal. I think maybe the youth of Arsenal might come back and hurt them. I feel like the leadership of Ronaldo, having a fresher manager like Ragnarik in. And I think United... No, I don't want to say United have a better squad because that could be argued. But I, I, I'm going with United. I mean, they have experienced veterans. They have De Gea. They have Varane. They have Ronaldo. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go United. But Ar- Arsenal, definitely a close second. For Dude, I, I think that defense is too shaky. Like, you can only rely on De Gea to make five wonder saves in a match for so long. I guess you could say the same for Ramsdale, but it's not as extreme. Yeah. But, you know, you can kind of cover those holes of having shaky defenses with some organization. And so I'm hoping that Ragnick can fill those holes by organizing the team a little bit better defensively. Yeah. 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 It's kind of tough to tell right now because you guys are transitioning. Yeah. But they didn't look great. What's up? Was that right? United didn't look that great in their last game. It's still the transition stage, though. Yeah, yeah, it's still real early. Yeah, it it is early. But okay. Final question, one for each of you guys. Uh, Owen, let's start with you. What team has surprised you the most this year? It could be good or bad. Um, definitely Arsenal. Arsenal's definitely surprised me. Less. You know, the horrible season last year uh, in comparison. And then this year, they just really jumped back. And they didn't have too many, like, huge signings that I would think would really make them pop out or stand out. And I thought really signing Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield was a bold move. But it turned out to work out amazing for them. Uh, in fourth right now, where were they midway through the season last year? Like, 11th? Honestly, probably, like, yeah, something crazy like that. Yeah, I don't think they were even top 10. So, yeah, but going from that to fourth of the midseason, amazing. Definitely definitely Arsenal. Josh? Um, well, I'd say Arsenal definitely surprised me the most, but since Owen already said that, I'll probably go with United in a poor way. You know, a poor that, way. that lost to Watford. I mean, I, was not, I wasn't expecting this kind of season at the moment. I, was, I wasn't expecting us to finish, you know, at the top, even though I said that, that was just kind of me back and my boys. But I was expecting, you know, a, a fairly comfortable top four spot. And now it's more of like we're going to scrape by in a top four spot if we do. And it's not even it, – it's not it wasn't even crazy to think that you guys would still finish top two or maybe even win the league. Exactly. Like, it was only like – it was less than 10 points off City at the end of the season last year, I think. And then over the summer, you brought in Ronaldo, Sancho, and Varane. It, it, look, it, it looked up, but I, I just think it was just too much managerial crisis. You guys are kind of just not in the right place to have all those players. So it's, it's hurting. Yeah. I'm going to go with a shout here. I'm going to say Brentford actually surprised me the most. I had them going straight straight back down. I, mean, <laughs> I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was looking at that team, and I was like, even Tony needs to save these guys, but it's not even really been him. It's been the team as a collective unit, and they've been they're playing. Fun to watch, 
Yeah, they've they've been playing side. pretty well. I mean, they have two games in hand. They could go seventh if they win both those games. They could be level on points with um or they could be a point behind United oh, United also have two games in hand. Never mind. But I mean they'll be up like, there. Yeah. Yeah, they're up there. And twelfth right now is very good for a squad that I was looking at and I was like, I know like seven of these guys on the whole squad. And that's probably being generous now. But Dillette, what about you? Um, I'm not gonna say my surprise team was Arsenal, just because um, I don't want to say I expected this, but I, I I expected us to do a little bit better than last season, just because of the the signings that we made, and kind of just like the direction we were going. I'm gonna go with Crystal Palace, specifically um, like under Patrick Vieira now. I thought that was gonna be like a, a terrible thing for them. I, I thought it was going to end up being like a, they were going to be fighting relegation this season. But they're playing very well, and I know the, their league position isn't very reflective of that. But if you watch them on the field, you know, there's a style of play there, and that's not easy to implement. Like they're a, a clear style of play with good players that, you know, that he can trust to fill those roles. They're, they're doing a lot better than I expected, and I think come the later stages of the season – We'll we'll see kind of that style of play, um, like really benefit them. Also, they have dropped a couple of points, like last minute. I think they dropped uh, two points against Arsenal last minute. Um, they dropped two points against West Ham last minute. So, they snagged they snagged two points again. They snagged the point against us. Or no, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, but yeah, that that after leveling. You're right. Arsenal with Palace in like the 95th minute. And I was like, why are you knee sliding? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if, if those two games go a little bit differently, they sit higher up in the table. Yeah. And then that's kind of like something that's going to come with uh, like managerial experience, you know. Patrick Vieira is probably still a bit, a bit naive as a head coach to kind of like know how to close out games. Um, especially in the Premier League where, you know, I would probably guess that a good chunk of the goals scored are in the, the 85th minute or higher. Probably. But yeah. Yeah. It, it would be nice to see how they, how they finish. Um, once, once Arteta, or not Arteta, once Vieri gets used to kind of the coaching style of the Premier League and well, what it takes from a squad. Very true. It's going to be an interesting rest of the season. We have about 20 games left to play. But we will see you guys after Boxing Day. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays.